Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Let the train! You are listening to One Cleveland at day two at the future of supply chain. Y'all look a little tired. Y'all look a little tired out there. How late you stay out? Who was out to like two? I saw some of you on social media. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last night. Platinum rock legends played. Roll that video. You all saw you on there. Maybe we'll see some of you up on this tape. Show that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame video. It's a great party right there. Long live rock. By the way, thank you very much. JB Hunt 360. I don't know how many of you have never been to Cleveland before. I haven't been downtown. It's my first time in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They had Public Enemy there. There's some of our production team over there playing that. Any of you guys get in on the uh, live karaoke? Good stuff. I heard uh, a certain CEO might have been singing a little Taylor Swift. I didn't catch it live. It was a great time. They had pinball over there and everything. Platinum Rock Legends. We got the moonwalk coming up. Where's the moon? There they are right there. You guys are fantastic. There we go. You know, I saw that one guy walking. I didn't realize the cover band dressed like, like the artists, and I thought I saw Vince Neil there at first, and I was like, Vince! Turns out it wasn't Vince. Good times. Well, hey, and earlier today, we threw out the shipper of choice. I want to say congratulations to the 25 of you who got nominated. The big themes with shipper of choice were, uh, what were they this year? They were payments. They were being on time. They were giving drivers snicker bars, those kind of things. You got the shipper of choice picture? There we go. Look at that beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Try and Pay, for coming up there and all the winners. And yesterday, there was a little bit of injustice. I had Justin up here, and he was rating the swag work at the boots. And I didn't realize we weren't on the same page with some of these things. So I got to apologize to Dupree, because in my top three was this Rubik's Cube right here. I got the football from Lean. Thank you so much, Lean. Lean Solutions right over there. Go to their booth. And these right here, go to Triumphay. My kids, you know, you fly with your kids. They got the iPad. You can't stick the headphones in. They don't know the difference. They think these are earpods. They're fine. They're fine. Good stuff. Hey, we have a big partnership. This is a lot of talk about partnership collaboration this year, but one just happened. So come on and tell us the story. Come on in, Julia. This is Julia Lauren. If you're not familiar, she's the chief product officer at Truck Stop. Introduce Hi, yourself. Bring that Hi. mic over to yourself. Okay. Talk into Let's that see. thing. Let's Don't be afraid. Going. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Julia Lauren. I'm Chief Product Officer at TruckStop. Um, I've been in the product um, and software world for about 15 years now. And actually, um, prior to TruckStop, I was in the um, pharma logistics space. And my mission there was to uh, really get um, life-saving medications to patients as quickly as possible. And during the pandemic is when I really realized that beyond pharma logistics, um, trucking just um, really 
is the is, is the fabric of America from the hospital ward, yes, but also to the dinner table. Um, and as I learned more about the challenges both uh, truckers and brokers are facing and uh, the immense pressures they're up against, I really developed a heart for the freight moving industry. So that's what I'm doing here. Well, now you need an antidote for fraud. Fraud is out yeah. of control in this industry right now, right? You just launched a response to this industry-wide issue. You can say it better than I can, so tell everybody what's happened. Yeah, yeah. So I am extremely excited to announce an exclusive partnership with Carrier Assure, which has an incredibly innovative solution for um, helping brokers to quickly determine a carrier's trustworthiness across everything from um, double brokering, cargo theft and fraud, all the way to like their business stability and whether you can really rely on them to pick up your load and get it where it needs to go quickly. Um, and this was a really important partnership for um, truck stop. We see it as really an ideal um, uh, 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 combination um, to, br to bring in Carrier Assure's innovative solution to um, truck stop's continued commitment um, and strong reputation for uh, fighting fraud um, in, in, in the industry. So there's an uptick in fraud. What are you doing to vet carriers? Yeah, so... Uh, Really, that is part of um, Truck Stop's brand commitment, as well as RMIS's, and it has been for um, just about 28 years now. Um, I think you know Truck Stop's strong reputation um, for uh, fighting um, uh, fraud. Um, what you might not know is both Truck Stop and RMIS have full-time teams who are dedicated to investigating complaints and other intelligence about bad actors, and their entire job is to keep the freight ecosystem safe. Um, and that visibility um, on our load board on our incredibly large um, carrier and broker network is what allowed us to understand um, that the fraud landscape was rapidly changing. Um, and in fact, as you just said, it kind of changed under everyone's feet. Um, and so we, um, what, what we had to do there actually was um, do something our customers in the past had been really loath um, for us to do, which was um, add friction to the carrier onboarding process. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So what you'll see now in RMIS is two-factor authentication for carriers, um, fraud alerts, and enhanced um, features around the ability to block a carrier uh, just on, for example, uh, their factoring or their insurance provider. So, truck stop customer? How does this work? How do I start using this? Yes, so um, this, uh, this integration will be available in rolling releases over uh, 2023 um, for our mutual RMIS and Carrier Assure customers. Um, and what it means is as an RMIS customer, you can come into um, the product, you'll be able to find this in your API as well, um, and find these carrier vetting um, uh, performance risk scores and indicators right with all of the other tools um, uh, and, and features that RMIS has. So what's like a specific example of a way this would like integrate? Do you have a, a, a case study or give me, give me some, just yeah. give us an idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope some of you um, saw the demo this morning um, that shows the work that we're doing to bring uh, Carrier Assure and RMIS um, together. And um, what it means is that a um, carrier sales rep or a compliance team at a shipper or a broker will be able um, to use their RMIS data set and tools um, as part of the onboarding 
screening and the monitoring process and, and take a look at a specific carrier. And what they'll be able to see um, is actually pretty simple. It starts as a report card style letter grade. And um, you know what? If that letter grade is a D or an F, um, you should probably take a really, really careful look at that carrier and maybe consider not using them for that load. Um, if the score is an A or a B, um, you can have added confidence that this is um, the right carrier for you in this load. Um, and it's just one of the many signals available in RMIS. Uh, so is this is this live now? Like what are mutual customers going to experience right away? Do they have to do something? How does it work? Yeah, so um, right now, uh, both Carrier Assure and RMIS teams are poised um, to help to uh, to get information to you about this partnership and, and to start to enable um, the cross-pollination of our data sets. Um, we are um, also, with Carrier Assure, offering one month uh, free of Carrier Assure yeah. for people who want to try it with um, promo code FIGHTFRAUD. Now, one thing we should do here, too, is kind of set the table. And now a lot of you are probably familiar, but I know Chuck's put out a report recently about this historic amount of fraud that's going on. Can you yeah. speak to that a little bit? Like, what, what is the, yes. the scope that you have seen over at Truckstop? Yes, um, it is... Uh, it is, it is really remarkable. And given our load board and our broker and carrier network, um, we've really had a front row seat um, to be able uh, to, to see this uh, really rapidly changing fraud, uh, fraud landscape. Um, and in our 28 years of business, we have never seen fraud at this, at this historic level. And what about Carrier Sure makes you think that, that, that they're going to do the vetting here and this is, this is the proper solution? Because this is a great partnership, but I also like that you said it's about delivering value to the customers. Now, yeah. you have to deliver value to your partners, but if the customer at the end doesn't get anything, it doesn't matter. Absolutely, of course. So we are always talking to our customers, and we uh, spend a great deal of time working with them to understand how they're doing carrier vetting today, what's working, what's difficult, um, and how we could help make it even more fast and, and, and efficient, but with confidence. Um, and so one of the things we heard over and over again is they are looking for a diversity of data points, yeah. um, but don't necessarily want that to mean that they have 50 tabs open all the time to have to go in and out of different systems to find that information. They want diverse data, but they want it to be as, as quick and fast and seamless as possible. And some of them even asked for Carrier Assure integration by name. So we were really excited to talk to them. And what we saw really blew us out of the water. Um, Carrier Assure is using um, data science and, and, and analytics to bring together over 35 unique data points um, and synthesizing that um, into a um, daily report card score for carriers. It's wild. There's all these reports that come out of like Glendale and, and there'll be like an address that has like 150, 500 uh, MC numbers and broker numbers yeah, attached yeah. to it and it's it's all getting flipped out. So it's really cool you're addressing it. So what's next? How do how do people start working with you? Yeah, so um, what's next uh, is that we are actively developing the integration between RMIS and Carrier Assure and you can expect to see that roll out in uh, rolling releases across 2023. Um, so we're very excited to get this into customers' hands and can't wait for everyone's feedback. Well cool, when you get off here, people have more questions here. Where can they find you around here? They can find me at booth 202 and we'd be um, delighted to talk to you. Cool. Go check them out. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Now, uh, oh, meanwhile, check out this boat right here. We're going to take this thing out on Lake Erie after the show today. Who wants to come? Check that thing. Isn't that thing awesome? Look at that thing. It's a pontoon semi-truck. It's a Peterbilt on a pontoon. Well, these guys on this side, you can't see it because the screen's torn, so they got a screen right over here. It's a Peterbilt on a pontoon. They got a whole p bunch of people on here. I'm not actually sure if that's Lake Erie. I might just be trying to manifest that it actually is. But if I do the board tour, I'd love to get down to that one. 
Well, let's bring up Tyler Hughes. She's the co-founder and CTO over at Vision API. And sir, you got you got great hair. You got great. Can I borrow some? Can you, yeah, come over here. She was a little far away. Like, come over one more. Let's shout at each other. Uh, yeah, nice to meet you. Likewise. I like Thanks the, for yeah, having me. I like the whole thing. You like the hair? You like the shirt? You I like the shirt. I like, the, I like the thing. Yeah, yeah. Got it going on? Okay. Where do you guys come in from? Where's, where's Vision based out of? Uh, so we're based all over the U.S. We have a fully remote team. Uh, headquarters is in the Bay Area, Palo Alto. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's where I flew in from, uh, to wonderful Cleveland here. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, a fully remote team. Uh, we're just under around 40 people. Sweet. People who may not have met you. One of the great things is partnerships, meeting new companies. What's the elevator on Vision? Vision is a supply chain data provider. Uh, so we focus on primarily on containerized freight. Uh, we started with movements over the water, and we've been able to expand that into providing high-quality visibility data uh, for movements over the water into the terminal. And now uh, we've added, just recently, uh, North American Class 1 Rail. You know, I know something about you. Oh, do you? You used to work at Netflix, didn't you? I did used to work at Netflix, yes. I, I got a question, because it made me curious when I saw that. What does Netflix teach you about freight? Because Netflix, you know, before they went fully digital, they were like the kings of Final Mile. That's a really good point. Uh, well, I'd say one of the first things that I learned uh, about freight, and specific to Netflix, was that DVDs were really fragile. Yeah. Uh, until Netflix got involved. So... Uh, I guess maybe one of the big things that I took away there is that if you're moving enough stuff at scale, it's usually in your interest to uh, have a hand in the development and the innovation of the products that you're moving. So uh, Netflix, in that case, actually spent a long time working with many of the DVD uh, disc manufacturers at, the, at, at that point uh, to actually strengthen the discs to make them sure they were easier to ship and not coming back broken. I love it. Everything's a supply chain. Well, you're the co-founder. Do you remember when you got the idea for the company, how this all came about? What's the story behind the story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, really uh, pretty plain and simple. We, we built it to solve our own pain points. Yeah. Uh, so myself, uh, my co-founder, Kyle, uh, we got started in the visibility space and in, in supply chain itself uh, with a company called Clear Metal, building out visibility applications. Um, in that process, you know, we learned a lot about data access, data quality, and how you can apply that data to a number of different places. Uh, so I think for us, it was a big inspiration to move it closer to the data itself, actually focus on getting that and making it more accessible to a wider market and really to new, new industries as well. Now, we talk about visibility a lot, right? So much so that it just kind of becomes a buzz word. So I want to ask you, define visibility to me and what it means to you. Well, I think that's a loaded question. Yeah. Right? Because really, <laughs> visibility, is, it means something different to just about everybody. Uh, for us, you know, visibility means uh, high-quality information, understanding where is my box at any given point in time. Uh, I think the next question to answer is, where is it going? When is it going to be there? Are there going to be things that I need to account for as, uh, as the shipment continues down, you know, down the road? Uh, those are, I think, high-level things. Uh, but then from there, it's, it's a bit more than just understanding where is the box, right? It's what do I do, right? Yeah. How do I take action? How do I start to execute and use this information to do things with my business, to yeah. optimize, to plan, right? So I think... It's one of the things that we've, um, we've really kind of leaned into over the last couple of years where visibility data is still core to what we provide and what we, what we sell to our customers, uh, but we've also been able to take all of that visibility data that we've been able to collect at scale and understand what, how that looks at an, analytic, uh, an analytics perspective or from a, an AI or an ML perspective. So using that for 
uh, understanding port congestion, understanding port performance, understanding the throughput, you know, uh, really starting to uncover more of those black boxes that we've been able to see over the last couple of years where you know, the adjustments need to be made. You need to yeah. be able to account for things going on that are not necessarily being reported by any of the providers that you're getting data from today. Where are you, where, where are you seeing bigger blank spots? Is it on the ocean side? Is it on the rail side? Which part of the, the intermodal or the, the shipping equation is, is there? Well, I think it's the fun, the fun part, right, is the black box is always kind of moving around. Yeah. It's always shifting. You know, when we got started, the, the big question was, can you just get good ocean visibility, right, yeah. just over the water? Um, so that's where we began. You know, things started getting crazy in the in the ports and the terminals. Um, so we started to, that started to really amplify um, the visibility or the lack of visibility yeah. inside of those ports and terminals. So we went and we started to add connections there, and we've you know been able to bring light into the terminals and ports. Uh, you know, for me and what, I, what we've been able to see so far is that black box just continues to shift further inland, right? So I think to give you uh, maybe a more holistic answer there, it's visibility data uh, to actually be good and be meeting most of the needs of the industry itself is it needs to be as full spectrum as possible, right? So it needs to be going further inland. You need, you need the rail connections. You need the rail data coming in. Um, I'd say, where is it worse now? Probably drayage. Yeah. Drayage. I mean, especially with the, the port backups and everything. Would you say in supply chain, trauma is the biggest accelerant to like a shipper's interest in this type of technology? I think it was an it was a driver and, and a forcing function uh, to yeah. get people to actually make good on the promises they had been saying for a number of years, right? So we we got started um, tail end of 2018, beginning of 2019, and built out a lot of the early product before things got really crazy, just under the assumption that people needed this data. They just needed access to this, and there weren't very many providers at that point in time that were able to or willing to provide it in the way that we were looking to do. So, you know, uh, from, from my end, it was it was really just kind of a, a natural progression. But like I said, a bit of a forcing function. You know, things went crazy, and it, it went from, you know, visibility is important, it's in my top five, we'll get yeah. to it, to, oh, crap, uh, I don't have people monitoring this stuff by hand anymore. I can't monitor this by hand anymore. Everything is on fire. I don't have just a small pile of things that I need to go and care about. I need to care about everything. I need to understand the fleet as a whole. And so I think that, that really... Uh, lit a fire under a lot of a lot of folks to get get visibility data built into their systems, and that's that's what we specialize in, right? Is bringing that data wherever you need it, however you need it. So regardless of the tooling that you have, regardless of the systems that you use today, we're able to bring that data uh, right to you. What is the hardest problem you're trying to solve right now? It's still stitching all of that data together. Yeah. It's still reconciling that data. It's still cleaning it. It's uh, standardizing it. It's turning bad data, a bunch of bad data, into good payloads that can actually be actionable, like I mentioned before, you know, the things that you can actually take action on, um, things that you can build your execution models on. Uh, from there, I think it's, you know, turning that into insight, turning that into analytics, right? Being able to use this to think about how do I plan? How do I optimize? How do I, how do I analyze this for risk? Yeah. Right? So really taking the next step past visibility, like I said, um, and, and just using it for where is the box? Where is it going? But how can I better move my freight in general? What does your data say about the freight market right now? <sighs> um, things have slowed down a bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, we noticed. We, I mean, you know, we you know, know about the rate drops, right? I mean, things are, are definitely slower these days. Um, but I think one of the things that still holds true is regardless of the volume, regardless of the speed at which the rate is moving, uh, visibility is still required. You still need to know where things sure. are, and maybe even more so when things are going slow, because now you've... You, yeah, uh, 
the, the expectations don't drop when the rates do, right? Look, as a, as a former ocean freight guy, especially one who dealt with, like, perishable fish, I am uh, very happy that, <laughs> that visibility's coming in because we all get, like, way too many phone calls and, and interactions. It's, it's such a part of the supply chain that you want to automate and, and get better. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it directly affects your bottom line, right? We've, had, we've got a customer, one of our larger ones, who, um, without understanding uh, terminal visibility, was incurring, just in the first half of last year, about a half a billion dollars in detention and demurrage fees. But just because they didn't understand when last three days were going to be happening. Yeah. Right? So being able to have that built into the visibility day we provide them. And some of it, right, too. Some of it, too, is that you couldn't move the boxes, right? Like, they were just in, you couldn't get it if you wanted to. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's a whole other topic, yes. too. But, I mean, <laughs> the containers used as storage, right? I mean, that's uh, a big thing these days. Yeah. So I got to ask you, what, what's been your hardest day as a founder? My hardest day as a founder? Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, my hardest day as a founder was probably when we, it was before we raised money, if yeah. I've got to say. You know, thinking back to early days as a startup, um, you know, we, we began as a, a two-man band, right? We, we started things ourselves. We bootstrapped as long as we could. Um, I'd say the hardest days as a founder were really those days where we still didn't, we, we were confident we, we had the right product. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to time it well enough or wait long enough for the market to actually start to pick it up. Interesting. And so there were definitely points um, in that in that first year, year and a half, where you know we had to seriously consider, can we keep this going? Do I need to go and find another job? You know, I, I quit everything that I was doing and worked on this full time uh, to get things up and going. So I think there were definitely a few hard moments there where I had to consider his was leaving Netflix the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I understand. Um, but you know, looking back on it now, one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, you know, that brought me into into the supply chain space, yes, and I remember coming, coming to my, my first, first event. Um, I think it's been about two years ago now, and uh, just meeting all the folks and realizing these are my people. Yeah. And so I, I, I'll I, warn you, once you end up in here, though, it's hard to get out. I have no intentions on They're all shaking their heads. They're like, I know, I didn't know what was happening. I took a job for a year, and now it's 20 years later. I'm stuck. I'm hooked. Uh, you know, I've, I've told people one of my worst addictions is shipping containers, right? Yeah. And Nobody understands, and like, aside from yeah. people in this room. <laughs> well, that's like, why I, said, I get it. I, it's I've like got it's my people AA here, right? for shipping containers up here. Yeah, exactly. Well, what was your best? I don't want to leave you on a bad note. Then what was your best day as a founder? The aside from being on what the truck today. You know, it's... It's usually when I have that full, uh, full team together. So like yeah. I said, we're a fully remote team. Um, the best days as a founder for me are usually that final day or the second to last day when we've got everyone together. So we had a, we had a company offsite about a, a month and a half ago. And um, you know, on that last day, we were able to bring everybody together, have you know, a, a nice team dinner, um, and really get, get, be able to spend time with everyone that you see, or everyone that you see on the screen over and over again, right? Uh, being able to go in and have those personal connections and be able to talk to them uh, as you know, human to human, face to face, is uh, is a markedly different feeling than yeah. being on the screen every day. So I think it's it's usually getting the team together and honestly uh, being able to take stock of how much we've grown over that course of the year. Right? It's it's always just mind blowing to me how quickly this is, has ex escalated, right? Like I said, two-man band in uh, 2019 to about 40 people today. I, lo I, lo I, love how, I love how proud you sound. And 40, like 40 is a great time in startups, too. Yeah. Because before you get, like, too big, you still know everybody. Yep. Starting over 100, that, it gets a little bit different. It's been beautiful. I, we've got a fantastic team of people, um, absolute geniuses well, here, on staff. Here, hit the cowbell for them. Uh, hit them for your team. Oh, you're gonna, there, there you go. It's good.
Good shot. People want to find you here. They want to talk more about visibility, vision. Yeah. Where are you visible? We yeah. are, I need, I need to actually forget our booth number now, but we're actually just directly back this way. So if you go straight back into the corner next in front of the uh, pallet trader uh, trailer, we, we are right there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for Sam, coming thanks by. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. All right, here's how truck stops work, everybody. Georgia that it loves. Some of these guys don't move. These guys too. have so much talent to be able to back that stuff up. Oh it's yeah, incredible. crazy, crazy I, I stuff. I admire them. I admire them. Yeah. Let me ask this: Rob Haney, right here. By the way, everybody, Woo. he's a founder. Hey, he's hey. a CDO at Clockwork Logistics Solutions. That is, that is right. You and what so, the truck? So good to be truck. here. I'm excited. I like it. Two founders in a row too. Woo. Two founders it's, in it's a the row. Season. It's the season. We pop up. Like it is the season. Stuff. Well, tell, <laughs> hey, first of all, tell like what's the elevator pitch? People don't know. They haven't heard of Clockwork yet. What do you guys do? No, we are we, delivery. We're crazy about delivery. I'm nuts about delivery. What kind I've been, of delivery? I've been tr truck heavy, critical truck delivery. I've been chasing it my whole career. From Ocean Days, I didn't know you were an Ocean guy. Yeah, I started out uh, FedEx Train Networks yeah, for the Global yeah, Train but, Division. But back, back, back in you know, back when we were building the early visions of Vision, back before there was a Vision, it was I, I worked at a company. We had a visibility systems and. Getting delivery data was impossible. You yes. know, the best you could hope for was like a, a stupid EDI 214 with a D Ooh. on it or something. If you remember that, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've always been chasing delivery. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been the, the the our north star. And at Clockwork, we have set out to really build like the, the Rolls Royce of how do I get great truck delivery? And it's an interesting time because you're seeing it happening. You're seeing the delivery revolution at your doorstep, right? B2C is going crazy. Like they have robots and shit doing deliveries, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But but for B two B, it's like what what's going on? Why why can't I get like good data about a drainage delivery? Why do I why, why is it so hard? Right. So so it's a really interesting time, and you're seeing. I think we're about to see a lot of really cool things happen in our space related to delivery. It's 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 time has come. What's the deal with EDI? Because people complain about it endlessly. I've been hearing people complain about it for years now. No, you have to you just just change the letters. You have to say API now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's API instead of EDI uh, or XML or whatever. So yes. just say yeah, 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 EDI is EDI. It's always going to be around. You got you know, and if you're an old dog like me, you can speak the EDI language. You can talk about two fourteens and stuff. You sound cool. Sure. But it's just you know, EDI has been the backbone of the industry forever, and uh, and it, you know. As as we modernize, as we digitize at Clockwork, we have we often are feeding old legacy systems that only really can take EDI. Yeah. So we're downgrading the data, which is really like rich, robust delivery data with pictures and signatures and maps and stuff. And we got to push it, we got to shrink it down and feed it, hand feed it into these EDI-based systems. But we can do that; that's possible. And then we can bring them along and bring these, make re, kind of renew these systems and make it cool for everybody that's working on them. Interesting. Well, is that how, how are you going about doing that? Well, at, at Clockwork, we consider ourselves a uh, an ERP extender, if you will, kind of a new idea. So I didn't want to build a full TMS. I tried that at my yeah. last startup; it didn't work. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, wait, what but, did you learn from that? I, I love hearing this because you're a founder. What, uh, what, what did you teach you? I, I learned don't build too much. Yeah, you will sink of your own weight. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I picked. The, I wanted to build a TMS that was also super cool because it was connected to trucks in real time. Yeah, and I kind of optimize that real time all the time. But it, 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 you got to you got to pick your 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 lane and do 
something really well and then partner up for the rest of it. And so at Clockwork, we love partners. I love to partner with Vision. you were just talking to. Yeah. We often get requests for ocean data. I don't want to build that. I want to, I want to do great delivery, truck delivery all the time. So if I can partner up with guys, more power to them. Call me. I'll be talking to you about whatever you're working on. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so that's what I learned. I said, you know, keep it focused. And then we can talk about other learnings, too. Like, like don't, don't let the company culture get away from you because you, will oh. re- you do not want to work for – you, you, you put enough love into a company for five years. Yeah. You don't want to hate working there. That, oh, and there's nobody to blame but yourself if you let the culture get away from you. What yeah. is the number one rule for avoiding <laughs> that happening? Take care of it, man. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on Friday you gotta, uh, you have to have team meetings. You gotta care about it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you actually should say these are our, this is what we we our culture is like at our company. This is what it is. And when people come in, they have to learn that stuff. They're yeah. like, oh, this is it. And then and then you got to be true to it. We have to call each other out. You know, we have to say, oh no, man. At, at Clockwork, for example, we have a, a thing like no flirting. It means no politics and no no, no yeah. don't make people uncomfortable. So it's like. Oh no no don't no flirting no don't bring that up you know yeah. kind of thing so it's a uh, you know so the, that that's what I think about when I think about culture but that's a whole other topic. Oh sure sure well, <laughs> you know there, and I keep saying this because you guys keep telling me this collaborative data has been a a big talk between almost everyone I've talked to here. What is your opinion on that and how does that fit into what you do and and visibility and digitizing a freight network? Well, collaborative data, I mean. You know, you, you talk about collaborating between like the companies. That, you know, there used to be a lot of companies that were fighting each other. Now a lot of companies seem to be coming together uh, you and realizing you, you have to share. It's, it, you do, you do. You know, it, you know. When I think about glo- logistics, I think globally because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an old you know, ocean guy. Yeah. So we think globally. So I don't think, oh, uh, you know, ELD trucking in the United States. I think, how do I connect to that? local hero in Taiwan yeah. who's got one truck, right? Because that's going to be your best guy sometimes for delivery. And I want to get that rich delivery data from that million-dollar piece of equipment that's being delivered to a factory in Taiwan that's super critical. You know, there's no, there's no robots and drones watching it. It's a guy yeah. with a truck. And, I, and we got to be his best friend as far as either texting him, connecting with him on an app or an API into his system so we can get great delivery data from him. So how do I, how do I think about that kind of collaboration? It's connect to the, to the uh, world in the way they want to be connected to. Local language, great UX, so there's no training required, and work with the, and, and work with the systems, the different systems that are meaningful to them. It's a big lift, and that's why when I said I, I wanted to build Clockwork as kind of a half a TMS, because I think this piece of it is so hard to do. Yeah. It's so critical that, that I just want to focus on this 100%. Well, I asked Tyler this question, but let me, let me ask you too. What, what has been the hardest day of being a founder? Maybe not even at this company, just in general. What's yeah. been the hardest day? You know, uh, you know just... J- the, the, the founder, being a founder is awesome. You yeah. know, I, 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 I uh, sometimes people are like, oh, it's so hard. And they want to cry about it. I love it. I, I wake up every day. I'm energized. I, uh, I had dinner with one of my guys this week and he was like, I love Clockwork. I love coming to work. It's great. I, I, you know, I, every day I love it. Right. And we get together at a team meeting and I, and I'm like, we're going to go, we're going to make the next step. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, I, you know, at my last company, there were bad days because yeah. I let it get away from me. But so if you, if you're smart about it and you build the company you want to build, you can have you can have a you can have a blast. Wow. Yeah. Well, what, what, before you leave here, what kind of conversations do you want to have? What do you want to take with you from Cleveland? I had a great time. I met some cool investors. You know, uh, it is it is time for delivery. We have seen the rise of the digital broker. Yeah, and that's been phenomenal. 
Who would have predicted it? It's, it's incredible, right? And those guys are crushing it. But there is another side of the story. There is the direct contract. There is, uh, and and a lot of three pills are hungry for rela- direct relationships with uh, with carriers. Yeah. And and we can enable that. We can make that happen. And and. and uh, or work with brokers to help them get better delivery data and kind of bring that delivery revolution that we're seeing at the at the at your doorstep all the way into heavy logistics, whether it's drayage or project logistics and so forth. So I, my takeaway is I love it. Everybody's kind of picking out their piece of the puzzle. A lot of smart people out here. I was like, wow. You know, my biggest takeaway was there's a lot of smart things happening in in supply chain. There is, and yeah. you know what? Some of that, I think some of that capital may be coming back in the market. A lot of people I were telling so me too. about little projects they Feels got going good. on in the background. Yeah. I think there's uh, some let's make a deal going on out there. So people want to talk to you. Maybe they want to make a deal. Maybe they want to collaborate. Maybe they, they need to uh, digitize their freight network. How do they find you here and how do they find you after here? No, uh, find me. Just email me directly, Rob at clockworkdelivery.com. I'm right here uh, at the show, and uh, I'll be happy to talk to anybody about partnering up or if they want to actually digitize their deliveries, whether that's drage, over the road, last mile. We do a lot of project logistics, heavy logistics, cr- super critical air freight. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for coming Dude, up on the show. So, now, so fun to see you. Here you go, man. I you get to bang the cow. You got to hit the cow. Got to hit the cow. Okay, here you go. Here we go. Fantastic. Here we go. Like it, like it. it. Very good. Look, you you got cheers from Christian over there. Thanks, Christian. Hey, now there's a gentleman over there from Coca-Cola. His name is Rod Attic. I met him today. He's a shipper of choice winner. Come on down, sir. Right here. What's up, man? Come right over here. Tim, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you. How's Cleveland treating you? Well, I'm a native of Cleveland, so I'm, I'm back home. Homecoming. And, uh, homecoming, and uh, get to see the folks later today, so I'm enjoying it. What is uh, someone from Coke doing down at uh, our little shindig here? Well, you know, we, uh, we're we a big user of, of freight waves, yeah. and we uh, love the data. gives us a lot of insights. And when I had an opportunity to um, come up, I knew Shipper of Choice was going to be one of the things oh, yeah. presented. It's like, okay, I want to see what the results are, uh, and I want to be here in person in case you know good things happen. And I... I was not. I was not disappointed. Well, from someone from your perspective, what what from the shipper sort of perspective where you're sitting? What do you think is the most important aspect of that? Let me uh, let me go back in time. I mean, I've been with the Coke system over 40 years. My first roles were warehouse management uh, in a small plant about an hour east of here. Sure. And uh, as as I remember those days, it was you know getting the docks swept and 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 clean of freight. And it was waiting for those last drivers to come in who had been detained somewhere else. And the, the poor individuals that are just dragging in there, it's like, can we just get them as loaded as quickly as possible and get them on their way? So, yeah. they, so they can go do something, you know, maybe they need to take some downtime. So we would, you know, pre-stage the loads, get two lift truck drivers on the, on the thing, and just get it out of the way. Um, I've been in so many different roles over the last 40 years, but my last five or six have been in, in transportation. And I thought when the shipper of choice started to become a thing, yeah. it's like, I was like, I want to know what that's about, and I want to be good at it. In my head, and, and in real life, Coke is massive, right? What, what goes into managing a supply chain of a company of that scope and scale? Well, one of the interesting, challenging things for us and more rewarding is that when you think about in the U.S. alone, we have 70-some different manufacturing companies that are Coca-Cola. So they're all in, somewhat independent of each other. We're North America, so we're one of the largest, but 
When I talk about getting those 800 facilities that have Coca-Cola on the door aligned, and the drivers, they don't know which Coca-Cola it is. They just know it's Coca-Cola. Yeah. So um, just by chance, about in 2017, I stumbled across this article that had you know, an outline of, of 12 steps to be a shipper of choice. I thought that was really cool. I put it on a single page. Yeah. And I started to share it, not only with our group, which we had more influence over, but all of our brother, our, our bottling brothers, to say, hey, listen, can you spread this out throughout your organization? Mm. And we use a lot of 3PL freight. And, you know, you really don't, you can't touch all 800 locations to make sure they're getting it. But if you had two simple things, one is you, 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 you have relationships with the, with the management teams of these carriers. And when the drivers show up, you treat them with respect, a smile, yeah. and you get them in and out as quickly as you can. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, we hear so much about, like, you, you see all these different solutions, people are mm -hmm. popping up, and visibility comes up so often. We heard from the vendors, shipper, Coca-Cola. When you think of visibility, what does it mean to you? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, there's two things in visibility. One is, you know, if, if a customer is curious about where my truck Wait, is. Well, before you answer, everybody pay attention to this one. This is important. <laughs> okay. Two things I, I, I think visibility is really helpful for. Customers are very curious about where is your delivery. Um, how many of you have a package delivery somewhere on the route and you're going, oh, I wonder if it's going to get there by 5 o'clock oh, sure. so I could open my new gizmo? Um, we've gotten really good at that. Why, why shouldn't the same apply to truck load freight or even LTL freight? Yeah. So visibility helps us with within moments of knowing, hey, uh, customers curious about shipment XYZ. Uh, shipment XYZ, okay, it's two hours out from its destination, bingo. The other thing that we found great use out of it is the dwell time. Yeah. So if, if you know, and it's taken us a little bit of a while, but if we can get the, the geofences right and the technology saying the truck got here versus his appointment, and then how long was it there, and what are the bad actors in our network, and can we help them with getting better? Um, that's where the visibility has really been huge for those two facet areas. And sometimes I'm more, you know, it's great that we're servicing the customers at a higher level and we can answer their questions. But my big focus is, is what's the facilities within my control and then what are my customer facilities that need a little bit of uh, guidance yeah. on, on improving? You know, it's interesting because we put a poll out. We have a big trucking community. We put a poll out on, would you rather get a check call? Would you rather be tracked? Neither or both. And everybody, like, oh, the large majority of people took tracking. Even though, like, you know, it's a conspiracy. I don't want to be tracked. I want my own yeah. privacy. Lone wolf on the road kind of thing. They would much rather have that than get called while they're driving constantly by someone looking for a yeah. checkup. I mean, it's 2023. Yeah. Is that the way you prefer it too, as a shipper? Well, I, th I think, no, I mean, all the technologies, you know, are, are, these devices are, are just yeah. magical, right? Um, you know, What's wrong it, with the brokers? Why do you guys keep check calling everybody? What's yeah, with, yeah, get some I tracking mean, on your stuff. What's going on here? Well, and I know there's some folks in this room that can help with that. And of course. it's like, you know, why not do it? Because, you know, and granted, we're five years into visibility. Um, that's not very long. Yeah. Five years from now, we may not, it may not even be thing something we talk about. It's just, it, it is it is what we do. Yeah. Um, as as perhaps younger generations of drivers come in and there's less resistance to using the technology, and yeah, I mean the check calls are a pain in the butt for everybody. But if you've got the mobile app, and you know, right now my wife knows where I'm at, right? Because because I've allowed her visibility. Sure. Uh, why not have it across all the driver community? What would she check call you otherwise if uh, you turn off like the, the tracking? 
Well, if, if, if you know, at 10.30 last night, yeah. my phone was not in my hotel room and it was still at the Rock and Roll Hall of oh. Fame, there may have been a call. See, I need, I need to be kept on rails like that by my spouse <laughs> as well. Well, hey, before I let you go, you've been, you've, been, you've been in some big organizations, you've been doing this for a while. What's the best lesson that you've learned in supply chain? Well, I think the, um, you know, we're, in this, we're in this market that we didn't really expect. Yeah. And I would say, you know, for, for any shippers out there, I would advocate that if you're, if you're on the fence about doing something different, um, you don't know when or what, you try and figure it out before the next downturn happens. Because it, it's really hard to fix something when your hair's on fire and, yeah. and everybody wants instant results. So, I mean, you can evolve, you can evolve, I, I think about you can evolve into something better um, at your own pace. Or you can have a change management revolution that may not go so well. So I think we still got a little bit of a window here to improve. Um, all shippers do, all receivers do, all trucking companies do. Let's do what we can before perhaps the market makes it a little more challenging for us. Do you, do you think that a lot of executives or the C-suite have been caught off guard by this freight market, especially on the shipper side? Not kind of because there's not they're, some companies are, but they're not as in touch as like the transportation manager would be with the freight. And I can imagine if I was a CFO, you're looking at the spreadsheet, like what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was hard to explain because it was a very short window where all of a sudden, you know, we're gosh, oh my gosh, we can't afford to have another year like this to the skies opened up and, and, you know, the sun was shining. Yeah. It's like, what happened? Uh, and then you, then you follow the money as to where consumers are spending their dollars. And when they move to services versus goods, and the good thing for Coca-Cola is that people got to eat, right? Yeah. So, so that, that stays pretty constant. But if you're going on a, on a vacation versus buying stuff for your house, it, it takes less trucks to do that. So we benefited from that. And, um, yeah, we'll continue to move a lot of freight through our system we're very curious all the time. What's going on with the rest of society? How is, where are they spending their money? Why does Diet Coke taste better in a can than in a? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I love Diet Coke in a can, man. Well, it's even probably even better at Fountain. So you know, everyone's got their own preferred it's true. I like taste. A movie theater. Well, hey, thank you so much for stopping right, by. Tim? Thank you for just, oh wait, hold on. You, you oh, gotta yeah, hit yeah, yeah, we gotta get a Coca-Cola style one. All right, yeah, for all those shippers of got? choice and future shippers of choice. I love it. Thank you so much, and I hopefully you get the award next year too. <laughs> we'll, we'll Meantime, be, have a safe we'll, we'll trip. We'll be back. Have a safe trip back to Atlanta. Right, thanks, I'll catch up with you when we're back on uh, on stage side. Thank you so much. Now we got this is like the Shark Tank of freight right now. There's a brand. I said your deals are going around. Any VCs in the room? C c you might want to hear this pitch. This is something I met you have never thought of before. You never would. It is um, so dumb in some ways that most people would write off this uh, this idea immediately, right, Reed? I appreciate the kind words, Dana. Um, that's a good open. I don't know if anyone else has received an open like that, but but yeah, it is a dumb idea. Well, it is Reed Lustelot and is is Evan K. Shelley. Do you go by the K in the middle? Never. Just Never. on LinkedIn. It's Just on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. It is on LinkedIn. I know. Yeah, it's more professional. What about the emojis? Oh, I I sold out. He's I got emojis out. in his LinkedIn name. I sold out on. So LinkedIn. these guys, I don't know if you've met Reed. He runs around with this please advice hat. He sold some people please advice hats and. He came up with a brand new idea. So why don't you tell the audience here what your idea is? Yeah, so we're coming out of stealth mode at Freight Waves today. Hatsasaservice.com, a new hat subscription model. Um, literally had the idea earlier today. Um, so so we've really like been in stealth mode briefly, but we're here now, uh, ready to reveal the idea to the world. Uh, basically what you do is you go online, hatsasaservice.com, uh, you hit subscribe, you buy a hat, um, and that's it. Uh, 
You, it's not like a recurring thing. It is a recurring charge, but yeah. it's not a recurring hat. So wait, you, oh, you buy the hat. Uh, wait, I was going to yeah. say, so, yeah, I got a question. So he's got like the orange one. I have this yeah. for a month. Is it like Trunk Club? And I'm like, I'm done with orange. I want blue. I send it back. Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. No, no. no. you buy one hat. hat. You buy yeah. one hat. And to be allowed to wear the hat, you have to keep paying the monthly charge. Yeah. Oh, Wait a second. Yes. Wait, this idea keeps getting worse and worse. Now, yes. it's just, <laughs> now explain to me the logic behind that. Well, because oh, otherwise you would just, now you get the transaction each time if yeah. you were just sending people hats each month, yeah. but now yeah. you don't have to like take that like $20 a hat or anything. No, so, so actually the idea was, uh, the genesis was this morning, or maybe it was yesterday. Evan said, uh, you know, uh, one time trans one time fee one time payment is not the proper business model it's not like a good business model right like you only sell a person a hat once and they never pay you again and he's yeah. like what about a subscription i'm like that sounds good like i would love yeah. for people to pay me every month like that's awesome awesome so then, uh, yeah and, and then you're, like, you're yeah. not outlaying any more hats but you for the brand loyalty that we already have would please advise yeah I mean, it's worth something, and and we think it's nineteen ninety nine a month every month. Nineteen ninety cheaper than just buying one hat for the first month. Well, the first hat is actually full price too. But oh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. That I mean, was that was literally just decided. I don't know. I, I see some people getting their checkbooks out out there. We're gonna I, we're gonna have a conversation. I, we're gonna figure it out. What is your addressable market? What is the what is the total hat addressable market? Uh, every human head on the planet. I mean, how many, how many is that? Seven point seven billion. billion. I mean, seven point six billion. So I this believe. is worldwide. Of course. Oh. So who are your oh, shipping yeah. partners to well, like other countries? We are. I mean, we will very quickly become an enterprise <laughs> shipper. So I think there's going to be a lot of people here who are going to be interested in our business. Okay. What, what do you think? What are you seeking as a valuation? What are you What are you looking for? I think a good seed investment is probably going to be at a thirty million dollar valuation, wow, which okay. I believe we will fund at that valuation by the end of this conference. Now explain to me, what would you be doing with the thirty million? Is it you just need inventory, you need marketing, do you need advisors on there? And how much equity do you want to give up? Probably it's going to be for one percent of the company. Okay. And right. we, we as little have, as possible. We have so much demand on the website already. It went up thirty minutes ago. We've yeah. had ten hits. Yeah. And if you extrapolate that out to the end of the day, we could have hundreds of people on our side by the yeah, end of the day. Serious, very serious traffic already. Yeah. I literally spun up the site in about five minutes. We're good to go. Now, um, taking orders now, by the way, people. Are, are these <laughs> awful ideas a, a Trojan horse to lead them to your, your good idea, Lost Freight? Well, there might be a couple suspicious links on the website <laughs> that lead to real businesses, but uh, you can find that out. This hey. is like a reverse, like, like scam site like the suspicious links actually take you to legitimate stuff well they're not suspicious like <laughs> you gotta do a little bit of fake business to get to the real business yeah that's true that's, that's very just how true. it goes that is, that's, that's just how it goes that's I, I feel like we are very much aligned on that partner <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah well yeah. now <laughs> okay this is hard to take seriously I agree. Hey, <laughs> part of it well the guys thank you so much for, for coming out here people want to learn about Lost Freight they want to get a please advise hat where do they go Hatsasaservice.com. <laughs> Hats as a service. Uh, does this all just, does all road leads to loss right now? And truckparkingclub.com. Yeah. And truck, shout out oh, Evan. Okay. Uh, shout out Evan K. Shelley. This is a collaborative idea. If you click investors on hatsasaservice.com, it's going to lead you to truckparkingclub.com. So you got to go through the fake business to get to the real business. Here's it's the thing about this it. company, too. It, it's not, it didn't come up on a bar napkin while they were drunk last night. It came out in the sober light of day in a hallway here. That's that's the magic. And then we went and got drunk because we knew it was such a great idea. <laughs> now they're up here. So 
Here, with your drunken ass, hit my cowbell. That's it? Man. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Come Sorry, on. guys. Hold on, I'll do it again. Reed, 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 sometimes I feel like you're a deeply unserious person. You know, I'm serious when I need to be. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. I think we can actually do something with these. You can? Yeah. What are you Hats doing? Maybe, maybe. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 you're going to what the truck thing. Can I be a partner now? Oh, my God. You're maybe. In, you're in. Okay. You're going to start. You're going to have to start charging for them, though. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't be giving product away for free. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You give it to them free, and then the monthly start, the automatic recurring charge starts after. No, nah, make them pay twice. <laughs> <laughs> take it easy. All right. Take hey, it. thanks, Junior. Thanks hey, there's a gentleman over there. I promised I would let him up. He's going to take you. Frank, over there. Come on up, man. Thank you Thanks, so guys. much, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. I hope I hope you get funded. I hope you get funded out there. Now, Mr. Frank over there from Torque, they had me out in New Mexico. Didn't see any aliens over in Roswell. They had me out in New Mexico a few months. What was that? That was last November. Yeah. November. Got to ride an autonomous vehicle. I don't know if any of you have been in an autonomous vehicle yet. They, they put me up in there. So they got a great booth over there at Blinkies. You're talking to Alan Adler in just about, I don't know, 20 minutes over here. Um, but introduce yourself to everyone and give them a taste of what you're going to be talking about with Alan. Hey, I'm Frank Mabry with Torque Robotics. And, uh, you know, what we're here for is just to kind of educate people on what a Class 8 autonomous vehicle is, how it's going to operate, how it integrates into fleets, and how we can help you do that. So... That, that's the whole big thing right now. I actually don't have a product to sell yet, but we've got one coming. Well, I got I to tell you, and I, I thought it was very interesting coming to your place. You have a, a very confident team in what you're doing there, and the, the truck was great. But you've seen a lot of tech here. And I got to ask you, what do you think the hardest problem being solved in this room is and who's working on it? You know, right now, it's, it's autonomous vehicles. It's yeah. never, ever been done before. It's brand new. And there's just so many variables out there that we're working on. So I think that's it. Uh, the other thing is, hey, one of the things that FreightWaves is working on, all the data combining it so you can combine and see what that $900 billion of spend in transportation in America really is. Very, very cool. Well, people who want to talk to you, they can go over to your booth right over there. This is uh, Frank. Mary, and uh, you're, you're going to be up on Truck Tech in just about 20 minutes. Absolutely. Cool, man. It's good but to see I really you. had you up just so you can hit this. Uh-oh. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. And now, before we close this thing down, I need a couple guys from the TV team to come up here. Todd, can you come up here and bring someone with you? I got I to gotta give a shout-out to your team. This is a great team that brings this live stream over to you. Here it is. It's my boy, Cody, Todd. Cody, here's my live producer. He makes sure all the assets and stuff come out. You get the middle one. And he makes I'll sure all the these guys stay in line. So give a big round of applause That's to the TV right. team. Thank yeah. you so yeah, much for this live stream for out. Everyone. Make sure everyone's accommodated. Tell me, what's your biggest takeaway from the event? So much fun. So much fun uh, meeting everyone. My uh, uh, seeing uh, all the talent. Yeah. Everyone's got. I mean, we could have stayed on that second floor. The band was amazing yesterday. Okay. Loved oh, yeah, them. we're talking about Rock but, and Roll Yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yesterday. Yes. But holy cow, the number of talented people that walk through these doors. Yeah. I mean, all the all the drummers, all the singers, everyone. We got Cowbell over here. Or no, you got on uh, uh, I got tambourine. Tambourine for Don't Fear. I mean, oh, no, he sang. You sang during uh, Dirty Water. I mean, I gave him a yeah. B plus on the tambourine for Don't Fear the Reaper. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Can you can you give us a, uh, no, a little, no, 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 no? No more bars? No, we'll have to watch that the video. A, it's a okay. late night kind of thing? Yeah. Come on, Todd. That's no, all right. Hands touching hands. Come on, take it I'm away, Todd. He won't give it to us. Reaching out. Well, thank you so much, Todd. After Sorry. this, people who are here, where, where can they find all of this stuff? 
Uh, it, well, eventually we're gonna we'll have it on uh, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, we'll have it on Freywaves TV as well. Um, probably next week at some point. Of course, sure. we have to. It's like a big jigsaw puzzle trying to air everything and figure out the programming schedule and make all the sponsors and everyone and TV hosts happy as to, to when so it's not buried at 2 in the morning or whatever else. So sure. that'll, that'll be our, our work early next week and, and obviously making sure that all the the main stage material and all the demos and everything else are available for everyone to, to share and have the links and, and put up on online. Well, very cool. So. Hand this over to Todd. Let him uh, let him cowbell us off, and Get then we'll away. see who does the better one. No limp wrist. Like, you like the Will Ferrell thing. You like? Sure. I'll do. Uh, see, Cody. I'll go inside. We'll yeah, go. You do we'll the go. inside. No one's on that yet. Beautiful Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you to TV team. Thank you to JB Hunt 360 for putting on, helping us put on sponsoring this wonderful we event. Gotta roll the music. Roll the music, guys. Play us out. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. You can find the show at FW What the Truck on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. Uh, these shows are on podcast players everywhere, and our usual schedule is Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at noon Eastern time. So thank you so much for coming out. Take care. Don't be a stranger. Enjoy Cleveland, everybody.